The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Anyway. Debt of Time. <laughs> oh, Claire. <sighs> Fuck my life. You get the cone of shame now. I get the cone of shame. It's all, I didn't even hit fucking record. That's all on me. God damn it. (sighs) Okay. Picture it. Hogsmeade, 1999. Shit, no, it's not. Picture it, Sicily, 1972. (laughs) I mean, I could have said picture it, Potter Manor, 1971, but we're not there yet. No, Um, we got to golden girls it because you got to do the thing. Picture it. I know. That's what I was trying to do. But make it like Golden Girls, but make it Harry Potter. But also, we uh, lost a solid 20 or 30 minute of tangents because I'm an idiot and didn't hit record. So, hi, Fire Whiskers. We're going to try this again. (laughs) Also, if I'm not on the next episode, Kat and Hannah Beth definitely didn't come to Clarksville to stab me. It's fine. Police, please investigate them. Anyway. (laughs) Nah, I'm going to lie. Uh, God. Well, Fire Whiskers, despite my giant cock-up at the beginning of this episode, I am very excited to bring to you chapter 135, otherwise known as season 9, episode 10, which features a guest star. That's right. Joining us tonight is... The Dark Wizard. Bonjour. What's up? The one and only Sirius Black. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I'm only serious when I need to be. I talk shit and joke most of the time. Ew. Yeah, but you got the scary serious face, which makes me happy because it's very useful at bars. Hmm. I blame it on the beard. It is the beard. It is the beard. The beard is impressive. Yeah, it's very dynamic at the moment. I need to get it taken down. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that for? I don't like <laughs> it when it's taken down. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I look like Robin Williams off of fucking Jumanji when it comes out the game. <laughs> That's fine. No, it's not. I don't want to look homeless. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... Stuck on Robin Williams at Jumanji. <laughs> oh, that shit was crazy looking, but that's what happens when you're in the goddamn jungle being chased by lions and shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like personal hygiene takes second place to not dying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get started with a little bit of what happened was. Bitch, I already did this. 
Yeah, Hannah Beth, can you actually cut in the old? Oh God, no, because I probably fucking commented on it. You did. <sighs> oh my God. Right. Okay, let's fine. just do it quick. Let's just do it quick. Okay, so <laughs> the twins had questions about Hermione, aka Maya, being with the actual Marauders because they were fascinated by this, and then. We found out Hermione's not going back to Hogwarts because she's going to focus on her elf spew saving the elf thing. Whatever that stands for. Yeah. Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. Yes. And then Hermione needs a new place to live because she doesn't want to live in, what is it, Black Manor or whatever Grimmauld place that you said. Grimmauld place. Yeah, yeah. because her freaking mother-in-law's portrait is being mean to her and stuff. So then at the end, the twins were like, so if you guys get married, will you be uncle, brother, cousin? (laughs) (laughs) And previously, before I realized I completely screwed up and didn't hit record, um, I already explained everything that has happened between the last time the Dark Wizard was on, which is, of course, when the sand was running out, and the present. Um, So... A bit complicated, but he followed quite well. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, uh, the other thing splashy. is... Huh? Wet and splashy. Oh, God. <laughs> Wet and splashy. <laughs> Fuck my life. <sighs> but anyway, uh, the other catch was um, Maya offered to sell the twins her uh, recipe for mood juice. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And then their hair started changing colors. Yeah, yes. I remember And they that. got very yeah. excited when they, like, ran off to go have a wank and came back with sky blue hair. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. So um, she figured out a potion that basically turns your hair into a mood ring. And so it changes color based on what you're feeling. So, like, if you're envious, it turns green. If you're mad, it turns red. Um, and when you are satisfied, it turns sky blue. So when she snuck it into the pumpkin juice at breakfast at Hogwarts, when she just uh, invented it back in like her third year in 1973, um, all of a bunch of the boys' hair turned sky blue. And they were like, oh, what does sky blue mean? And she goes, satisfied. And the boys all started giggling because now everybody knows what they did first thing in the morning. <laughs> Just keep eating your pizza. It's fine. <laughs> I'll keep it calm as myself. <laughs> but anyway, and then she also <laughs> she also offered the quote unquote truth serum, which is actually if you're lying, it creates giant blotches all over your face, and they stay until you tell the truth. So it's not quite Veritas serum where it forces you to tell the truth, but uh, if you don't tell the truth, your face is covered in boils. So like, they know you're lying. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, that the bitches said, on the first forty-eight needed that we were watching the other day. They ain't got to take the truth serum. Them motherfuckers tell no matter what. All you got to do is get them a bottle of water and a whopper. <laughs> They'll tell it all. Mm-hmm. So the trailer for the Weird Owl movie was interesting. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, does it look good? Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe freaks me out in that hair, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I like lost the fanfic app for a second. I was like, where did it go? <sighs> oh, also worth noting, since we always comment on things that are happening on the world stage, uh, the world is very different than it was last time we recorded because uh, the queen, who was queen for 70 years, 
literally since before my parents were born, is no longer. It's the end of an era. It's... I I guess my biggest question now is, do you guys have to reprint, like, all of your money? Like, all of it? Yeah. Who really wants a pocket full of Chuckies? Yeah, and, like, what happens to her corgis? Like, oh my god, who gets the Yeah, dogs? who's going to take care of the corgis? Kate! Kate! <laughs> hey. Well, I actually did read an article on the corgi thing, and they speculated that one of her dressmakers might take one of them, so, oh, yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah, but they didn't know for sure, because the article was very short, and they were just speculating, so. Oh, yeah. I British mean, listeners, help. <laughs> What is happening to the corgis? Do you have to now reprint all of your money? Yes. And once and for all, God save the corgis. Anyway, because let's face it, the dogs are really what's important here. But chapter 135, We All Make Choices. October 4th, 1998. Maya fell into what Remus called her grief stage. Fuck my life, I know what chapter this is. Mentally preparing. <clears throat> Upon- Fuck you. <laughs> well, no, because last time I had to read Smut in front of you, and now I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh. Oh. <yeah>. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Upon waking each morning, she would find Sirius already gone from their shared bed, a disappointing way to rise every day, in her opinion. She would distract herself from memories of James and Lily by avoiding Harry first thing in the morning, or at least until she had an hour to remind herself of what year she was living in again. Once she felt adjusted, she would spend as much time with Harry as possible, often involving short outings with him, Ron, and Ginny. Whenever they went, they wherever they went, they rarely stayed long. Still less than six months since the final battle and Voldemort's destruction, photographers and reporters followed them everywhere. Maya added her anonymity to the many things that she missed from her life in the past. When she was not at Grimmauld Place or out with her friends, she found herself sitting at Andromeda's house with the Black Sisters and Tonks, the remaining female links to the once noble and ancient house. They sipped tea, ate biscuits, discussed charities they would like to be involved with, complained about the ministry, and bragged about their children, or, in Maya's case, Crookshanks. But Crookshanks. She's such a millennial. She just sits around, drinks tea, and talks about her cat. <laughs> Yeah, well, Crookshanks can bite me. Why? Because in the one movie, she, like, destroyed the ear of Fred and George's so they couldn't hear what the adults were talking about. Oh, that made me so yeah. mad because I was like, the gossip <laughs> is going away. Fair. Usually, by the late afternoon, she would find herself overwhelmed, as though trying to hold everything inside all day was breaking her. She would cry in Sirius's arms, only to be passed off to Remus or Harry, who would carry her upstairs and rest with her until she cried herself to sleep, stroking her hair and whispering words of love and comfort. If Teddy was available, she would choose him as a napping partner over everyone else, something that Tonks took great pleasure in poking fun at her husband over. Remus was only slightly put out over being discarded for his own son. The one bright spot had been when she and Harry escorted Sirius and Remus to Fred and George's shop in Al- at Diagon Alley. Both marauders stared at the familiar old building before bursting into laughter. 
They smiled with silent amusement as the twins walked them through the shop, showing them around and even taking them in the back where they kept their more volatile experiments. Maya took a gander at some of their current brews, making mental notes of suggestions to tell them later, while Sirius was busy offering his own advice on their latest line of charmed cloaking robes. When they stayed around to watch Fred and George close up shop for the night, the twins invited everyone upstairs to their flat for a round of butterbeers. "'Can I show you something?' Maya asked once the door to the flat shut behind them. Fred and George each nodded while Sirius and Remus grinned from behind them. She reached for one of her vinewood wands, lifting it to tap on the wall above the front door. With mischief in her voice, she said, "'I solemnly swear that I am up to no good.' Slowly, much like the Marauder's map always had, words began to emerge above the doorframe reading, "'Home of Sirius Black.' Maya Potter, and Remus Lupin. Let all who enter leave laughing. The twins, for the first time in recorded history, were struck silent. Fred balanced himself against a nearby wall. George dropped his butterbeer. Sirius patted the boys on the back and said, I want that copper clawfoot tub back if it's still here. Despite the momentary jolt of amusement, seeing her old home brought up unwanted memories— and by the end of the first week since returning to 1998, with no job at the ministry to distract her from the pain like she had when Charles and Mary died, nor Hogwarts classes in Newt's preparation when Doria had passed, Maya forced herself into as many new projects as possible, the most important of which was removing the dark mark from Draco. How long did it take to put on? Maya asked him, the first day that he had shown up at Grimmauld Place looking nervous and yet eager to remove the brand from his arm. Hours, I think. The pain was too much. I blacked out, he admitted bitterly, as she took his arm into her hands to examine the mark up close. I woke up six days later. Other than that brief moment, she offered him no pity or even sympathy, which was good because he didn't appear to want it. It was one thing to appreciate admiration or even envy, but Pansy Parkinson cooing at him over every injury at Hogwarts for seven years was enough to put Draco off, and the mere suggestion of commiseration was enough to rankle the prickly Slytherin. Sorry, my foot was falling asleep. I'm about to say, lean with it, rock with it. Huh? I thought you'd lean with it, rock with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They worked to remove the brand using a combination of spells that Maya had learnt from Bill as a curse breaker, mixed with some permanent sticking charms she had been researching in the hopes of removing Walburga from the wall. It appeared, however, that no matter what was done, pain was involved in trying to erase the dark mark from Draco's skin. I'm fine, Potter, he insisted, glaring at her through the sweat-soaked blonde fringe that had fallen into his face. Are you laughing at the Potter? No. No. Okay. Charlie bit Dr- me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was a blast from the internet past. Oh, because he bit my arm, so I said, Charlie bit me. That makes sense now. <clears throat> Draco said that calling her Potter had become his second new favorite thing, as it always managed to alert a confused Harry, who was still getting used to not being the only Potter left in the world. Draco's first new favorite thing in the world was rubbing his new friendship and family connection to Maya in Ron's face. 
The Slytherin had already provoked Ron into drawing a wand on him twice in the past week alone, the last time they had needed Sirius and Harry to separate them. Maya would storm in, usually once the fight was over, and lecture everyone involved. Draco, with an eye on Ron the whole time, would offer his sincerest apologies, not, of course, for fighting, but for causing a disturbance. Ron, in turn, would snap at her for not taking any side, which, in his opinion, meant that she had automatically taken Draco's. "'You're not fine. You need a break,' Maya insisted as they sat in the basement of Grimmauld Place, Draco's arm tied down to a large metal table so that he would not move as she worked. The basement turned out to be the best location for what they needed to do, as it was already set up with silencing charms and protective wards due to it being Remus's transformation room during the full moon. Draco could scream, and he did, during the pain, and angrily throw things, and he did, afterward when the mark was still not completely gone. Bitter, Draco unstrapped his arm and pulled it to his chest, hissing at the pain. He glared at Maya, despite knowing that she did not hurt him on purpose. She handed him the awaiting pain relief potion, which he swallowed immediately. "'What was he like?' Draco blurted out when the silence was not being filled with shared thoughts on ministry regulations or arguments over the best way to approach advanced arithmancy or rune translations. Maya looked up at Draco, surprised by the question. If there was any one person she had reconnected with since her return who never asked about the past, it was Draco. Sirius and Remus loved to talk about the good old days. Harry wanted to know every detail about his parents. Even Ron asked about the past, though it was usually in reference to whether or not she had ever met Galvin Gudgeon, the current seeker for the Chudley Cannons, who had apparently attended Hogwarts three years ahead of her. But Draco never asked, not about the past, and certainly not about Lucius. Not until now. He was a bastard, she said, without filtering any of the truth. Originally, I thought he was a lot like you'd been the first few years. He picked on the younger years, held his prefect badge as authority to do whatever he wanted, which meant being cruel to even those in his own house. She noted the look of distaste on Draco's face. If there was any one redeeming quality about the younger Malfoy in the early days of their Hogwarts attendance, it was that, while awful to everyone else, Draco was abundantly loyal to Slytherins. It wasn't until he and Narcissa were betrothed that things really took a bad turn. Sirius suspected it for a while and tried to talk her out of marrying him, but with what happened to Andromeda, Lucius tried to kill her, you know. Your mother. She told me. Draco nodded angrily, clenching his right fist into a tight ball. What about Snape? Maya quirked her lips. He was a first-class prat, but he wasn't a monster. He wasn't like Lucius. There were some Death Eaters I went to school with back then. You could tell they didn't want to be part of it, she said, thinking of Snape and Regulus and the obvious looks of horror they each started to wear during the last year she spent in the castle, when the war really took a turn for the worse. Who would? he asked, sneering down at his arm that was now a blistering red surrounding the slightly faded dark mark. I only did it because... because Snape said that I could... You're likely the only Death Eater in the history of time that joined the cause in order to take it down, she said proudly. Not even Snape could say that, and he was a spy for twenty years. I didn't like Snape growing up. He was mean to my friends, though they were mean to him as well. But despite being as cold as he was, he was good at his core. 
We don't get to choose who we are born to. I was lucky enough to get two sets of parents, and I loved them both equally. I don't think of Charles and Doria Potter any less than I do of Richard and Helen Granger. In a way, I got to choose who my parents were. If you want my opinion, she offered, grinning at the way he rolled his eyes at her, and I know you rarely do. You were raised by a wonderful mother and a very devoted godfather, she said, leaving it at that. Snape set a good example for you, and I happen to think it was very brave what you did. He scowled at her. Dare I say very griffin... Watch it, Draco warned. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the little (laughs) in the background. (laughs) Maya laughed. The door at the top of the stairs opened, and Ron rushed down the stairs, wearing his oar training robes and carrying a book in his hand. There you are, Myony, he said with relief, his blue eyes looking at Draco and glowering. Oh, you're here. What's wrong? Maya asked as she stood up, moving in front of Draco to obscure Ron's view of his red and blistered forearm. Is everything okay? What? Ron asked. Yeah, I was just... Because I asked to be left alone with Draco for the next hour, she said, using as polite a tone as she could manage. So if it can wait... Well, I was just... I've got a concealment charm with Savage tomorrow morning, you see, and I just thought that you'd be able to show me how to do a few things. I've got a list here I'm supposed to... Oh my god. (laughs) He just doesn't... Oh! No, say what you're going to say. I was just going to say he just doesn't want to do his homework. Because even in the movie, he's like, come on, just write it for me. Like, Hmm. Jesus. So... I meant to make a comment in one of our AMAs forever ago, and I never made it um, because I forgot. (laughs) But you had asked why, like you had noticed how different Hermione was with her boys and Maya was with her boys. And I think a big part of it was, um, one, the Marauders didn't need her help to do well in class because they actually like studied harry and ron didn't um but also like harry and ron were so quick to do like stupid things like obviously stupid things like the marauders did like pranks and stuff but very rarely put their own lives in danger whereas like harry and ron were like huh we're only first years, we should go attack a mountain troll and also try to get to the Sorcerer's Stone going through all the enchantments the teachers put up. Yeah, and the next year, I think we'll just, like, hop into the Chamber of Secrets with a giant snake. That sounds easy. Whereas, like, James and Sirius and Remus and them were, like, their big things were, like, going to the girls' dormitory to steal their underwear and fly around with it on the back of their broom. So, like, (laughs) they did, like, prankster shit, not stupid gonna die shit. I also think that, like, Harry and Ron both grew up as, like, the runt to the pack. So, like, Harry was shit on by the Dursleys all the time. Ron was shit on by his brothers all the time. So they were used to being, like, betas. And so she was just automatically the alpha who took lead and, like, protected them and took care of them. Whereas it with, like, the Marauders, 
Sirius is the oldest child. James is an only child. Remus is an only child. They don't have people shitting on them. Like, Remus did a little bit, but, like, the other two, they had the confidence to be like, no, we don't need you to help out. Like, we don't need your protection. We got this. So, like, I I think it was just, like, the confidence level of the boys that was so different Mm -hmm. that affected how she acted with them. Seems more like Ron and Harry got something to prove, whereas everyone else didn't. Yeah, they, like, I mean, James and Sirius, like, were cocky, but it wasn't because they thought they were worthless without being successful at Quidditch or whatever. It was just, like, that natural confidence that comes with, you know, being raised in a family where you're expected to be the best. And despite how shitty Sirius's mom was, he was expected to be the leader of house black so like they just assumed he was going to be successful um and then when he went to live with charles and doria they just expected him to be a good man which he was so like um whereas ron and harry felt the need to just be worth anything (laughs) because they saw themselves as worth nothing but anyway so that's the six month old <laughs> tangent I meant to have. Still don't know what the fuck Miranda Priestley means, but I'll come back to that tangent when it comes back to me in like a year. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, I have two tangents to have today, so. Possibly three, I can't remember. But anyway. God, my child's fucking adorable. Look at him sleeping with his little hands. Sorry. They're like a new TV, you just watch them a lot. That's that's basically it. That's what you do with babies. You just watch. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, yes, actually. That's the truth. <laughs> Especially when they're like little, little. You literally just like stare at them all day. From little, basically it. From little cousins to my godson. That's all you do. Just you watch them. Yeah. You should have seen him taking that car seat out my car. He did it in like two seconds. I was like, how the <laughs> fuck I've been deal. I've been helping with babies since 97. Yeah, I literally went from... The door to the refrigerator downstairs to put the sushi away. I come back, it's already out. So the amount of time I took from the door to the freaking, he had it out. I'm like, what? Jimmy was the same way because he helped raise his cousin. And I was like, damn, like I didn't have to teach him shit. He already knew how to change diapers. He already knew how to like do bottles. Fucking awesome. (laughs) Find yourself a man who knows something about children. But anyway. Um, I'd be fine with. Oh, yes. So anyway, Ron's asking for help on his exam. I'd be fine with watching what you've learnt and offering any advice, but not until later, she said, cutting him off before he really began to assume that she had the time to teach him things he should be relying on his trainers to do. I still have a lot here to do with Draco, and I promised to meet with Narcissa about getting the paperwork put together to lift the restrictions on the Malfoy vaults. Ron's expression immediately turned sour. So a couple of Malfoys are more important than me now? No, she said clearly, though her patience was already being tested. But since this is your exam for your career, and I'm not even an Auror, what I'm doing is currently more important to me. If you need help, why don't you ask Harry? They've got us on different schedules, and since he's taken a temporary leave, he's already behind. Then Tonks? She's at work. Fine, go and ask Sirius. He was an Auror and he can help you, I'm sure. Sirius was an Auror? Ron asked. Okay, but he just left. 
Come on, Myony, just mess about with the ferret another time. You see him every bloody day. No! Pent-up memories of her first time through Hogwarts came rushing back to her in a flood. What I'm doing with Draco is more important than playing catch-up with your education and work because you're always too lazy to do it on your own the first time. Damn. Ron- <laughs> yeah, Maya's a little different than Hermione. Ron's eyes widened. Oi, I'm not lazy. If Sirius used to be an oar, I bet you bloody helped him. As a matter of fact, I didn't. Because I didn't have to. I didn't help him with his homework at Hogwarts either. Somehow, despite all the wonderful stories about pranking and troublemaking that Sirius and Remus love to regale you and your brothers with, they actually managed to squeeze in revising, writing essays, quidditch, and getting to the top of all of our classes, all without ever once whining for my help or copying my notes. Ron's face turned red. Draco laughed. The noise drew Ron's attention, and he snarled. And you. I know what you're down here making her do. If you ask me, I think it's bollocks that she's removing it. Draco glared back at Ron and stood. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you know what I would have added? And they also had time to do dirty things to me in the castle. hey <laughs> What they did, she put silencing charms on all the rooms and they did dirty things in that castle. <laughs> that shit's wild. I know. And they ma managed to make sure that she always arrived first. Mm. Mm. Gentlemen, through and through. So, question. <laughs> who, yes. who is uh, Narcissa? That's it, all right? So, Narcissa is... Draco's mom, who is also Sirius Black's first cousin. So Sirius's mom and Narcissa's dad are siblings. Yes. And so Narcissa, before she got married, was Narcissa Black. Mm -hmm. And she, Andromeda, who is Tonks's mom, and Bellatrix Lestrange, they are three sisters. And they are cousins to Sirius and his brother Regulus. So, where is Lucius? So, Lucius is a Malfoy who is from a different family, and then he married Narcissa and they had Draco. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, and where is he now? Oh, oh, he's dead. Ah, okay. Oh, he's dead. That Sirius ripped that. his throat. Or, yeah. No. Sirius ripped out Bellatrix's throat, and then Draco killed his dad. Hardcore. Yeah. yeah, Narcissa was in um in the movies. She was in the Half Blood Prince, I believe. I know. I'm yeah. just I'm making sure I got yeah, it she's all myself straight. But that's why they yeah. kept talking about her and Draco. But yet yeah. to say Lucius, so I was trying to figure out what the. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, he did. He did. Oh did. my god! What? The guy in the Incredibles that can do the freeze. His name is Lucius. Yeah, Lucius Fox. No. That's Batman. Yeah. Batman's Lucius Fox. I don't remember, but yes, Lucius is also um, the character that yeah. Samuel L. Samuel Jackson plays. Yeah. Frozone. Frozone. Yeah. Honey, where is my super suit? <laughs> Why do you need it? <laughs> the city is in danger. My evening's in danger. Oh, man. Where's my suit, woman? Sorry, I'm going to stop. 
We are talking about the greater good. I am your wife. I am the greatest good you will ever have. (laughs) I was so mad we didn't see her the second one. That made me so mad. Talk Talk your shit, auntie. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, she's like the most iconic Pixar character, and you never see her. I was just about to say, you never see her. (laughs) I don't even know who voiced her, but whoever they were, they were flawless. You you be (sighs) Hannah Beth and look it up. (laughs) Hannah Beth always looks it up. (laughs) I heard that. I can just see him in the background, just like making... so you missed it when you were doing the first, uh, what had happened was he kept making faces and I was trying so hard you not to fucking punk. lose it because you weren't seeing it because you were looking at the book and I'm just sitting there and he's just making all these faces and I'm trying so hard to stay stone faced. It was rough. Anyway. Jesse, I want screenshots of those when you watch this. Um... Her name is Kimberly Adair Clark. Who? That's um Frozone's wife. Never. Heard. What was her name? Kimberly Adair Clark. Hmm. She, the name's familiar, but I can't think of anything else she's been in. The Incredibles, Incredibles Two, um, Monsters University, Brave. She's in Brave. Yeah. Mm. Toy Story. Versatile. Up. Monsters Inc. Yeah. She was in Toy Story and Up. Wow. Okay. Dang, she must be a Pixar favorite. Yeah. Man, I have, can you fucking imagine just being a recurring character on Pixar movies? That'd be awesome. That's just like the dude that does the voice for the pig and on which one call it? And the abominable oh. snowman. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he does every. Yeah. And, and the thing is, he does the same voice in every exactly. one. Like. Yeah, he was in uh, Cheers. Because Ham. Was he? Yeah, he was the, one of the guys in Cheers. Oh, I didn't watch that show. Yeah, huh. I, I watched it because that was one of my binges when I was staying inside a lot. And like, I was like, wait, I recognize that voice. I looked it up. I was like, you're the pig. <laughs> Dude, my husband did that the other day. He was, we were watching some fucking kids show. It's like a paint or puffin rock. It's just a really cute show about, you know, little puffins running around and whatever. And there's a narrator. And my husband's like, I know that narrator's voice, but. I seem to remember him being like horrifically inappropriate in whatever movie I saw. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, it's like this, ah, oh God, I think it's an Irish actor, but no, like he's, I remember him being in like very adult movies. And I'm just like, it's very weird hearing him voice this like very wholesome show. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, well, Jimmy got that good ear. He's the one that was like, yeah. Mass Singer, that's Daughtry. Like, bitch, how? No, 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 no. He didn't even say. It. He watched one episode. He watched the only episode of the first season of The Mass Singer. He watched the final episode, and whoever won came on, and he listened to them sing one song, and he's like, that's the bald guy who was in that really shitty band. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, the Doherty's? I'm like, Daughtry? He's like, yeah, it's Chris Daughtry. I'm like, the fuck? It's not fucking... D-. It was, in fact, the bald guy from the really shitty band. <laughs> I was just... I was so mad. Like, he literally... Out of the entire first season, he saw one song and nailed it. And I'm like, you fucking suck. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, and the only time I've done that watching that show is when Ricky Lake was on there because she sings how she talks. And I'm like, that's Ricky Lake. 
She took it off. I'm like, yeah, it's Ricky Lake. Yeah, you just figured out, just <laughs> like me in movies. Yeah. Or just like last night when I was like, that dog is sketchy. And you were like, yeah, the dog is sketchy. So I'm starting to catch on. We watch. Yeah, I need to start watching that show again. It's fun. but It's starting up like in, I think, two weeks, I think. Whoop, whoop. Oh, and when this airs, uh, I believe the Great British Bake Show will have just restarted. Yes. So, or no, no, because this, we already filmed, no? Yes? Sure. No, this is this is 910. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bake Off will have just started for the U.S. audiences. I believe it starts early for the Brits. But yes. also, they took off all the episodes with um, the old cr- cast with Mary Berry. Why would I want to go do watch them. Yeah, and they took off the early seasons too. I'm so upset. Why would they? I'm do like, that? give me Mary Berry back. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the current lady whose name I can't remember, even though she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like, I miss Mary Berry. Yeah. And Mel and Sue. Yeah, because now we got the guy from Bridesmaids and the dude that looks like Snape. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. It honestly they took a while to grow on me, but the bridesmaid guy did actually grow on me. And as did the gothic guy. See, this is why I need the old cast back. I know their names are Mary Berry, Mel and Sue. Yeah. I still don't know the new cast's names, and it's been like five years. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Dr- anyway, Draco glared. Yes. Um Draco glared back at Ron and stood. For the record, Weasel, I didn't fucking ask her for anything, and my business is none of yours. Mm. Ron, get out, Maya said, her words final. Oh, oops. Ron, get out, Maya said, her words final, her tone cold and calm. You're really picking him over me? Ron gaped at her in shock. After everything he did, I don't care if he was a bloody spy or so he says. He watched you get tortured in his own house and didn't lift a finger to do a thing until it was his own mother who was threatened. Draco reached for his wand, but Maya stayed his hand. We can't all be Harry Potter and save everyone, she said quietly. Do you know what it's like to stand back and watch someone else die, knowing you had to make a choice to do nothing? Draco made a choice. We all make choices. Draco had chosen to finally break his cover and kill Lucius in defense of Narcissa. It had taken the threat to his own mother for him to finally snap, and Maya did not hold it against him that he did not break for her sake. Just like Draco, Maya knew that she had once made a choice— to stand back and watch, knowing that James and Lily would die if she did nothing to stop it. But Maya had made that choice. She had chosen Harry. God, that feels like those parts of Outlander when Claire narrates and how she feels bad that she can't tell James. Like, that's what that felt like to me. Sorry, that's just like, yes. whoa. No, 100. Yeah. Like, that's 100% her going, Yeah. like... I knew the war was coming, but I couldn't tell Jamie because that would have messed up the timeline. <laughs> and the thing is, like, she does tell him and she does try to fix it. And guess what? Yeah. Shit happens anyway. Yeah. By the uh, way, did you see uh, that last season? That was rough. No, I didn't fucking finish it. I oh. need to. Okay, yeah, well, I just, just, yeah. just know that there's going to be a lot of triggering stuff for you. Like, 
a lot. And they, they, they do a good job at warning the people in the beginning, but man, that was some rough stuff. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, but I appreciate the people have gotten better about like calling out and warning friends if they see stuff. Like I just recently started watching um, Game of Thrones House of Dragon and this doesn't give away anything, but there is a extremely traumatic birth scene um, yeah. in the first episode. And I did not know that Hannah Beth did. And she gave me the heads up. And I appreciated that. I ended up actually being okay with it because they do sort of like a back and forth and back and forth and scene changes. So you get a break. So it's not just an onslaught for an extended period yeah. of time. But it is brutal. It is awful um so if you have had a traumatic birth that might be something worth skipping you can figure it out or you know read spoilers online or whatever but that that was definitely tough and i appreciated had i not known going into it it probably would have been a lot worse but knowing that it was coming made it a lot easier to watch so yeah if you see things and you know there may be triggers for friends who want to also see that thing let them know it's a nice thing to do He's got a history of making some pretty fucked up choices. Ron glared at Draco. I can't believe you're choosing to be friends with the likes of him. I'm not choosing to be friends with him. I'm choosing to acknowledge him as family. He's a Slytherin. So was my mother. Not your real mother, Ron started to say, rolling his eyes. But then he caught up to his words and winced. Unlike the Hermione he knew, she did not huff and stomp her heel like she always had when he stuck his foot in his mouth. Maya did not yell or storm away from him and cry until he had the opportunity to come and mumble out an apology. She just looked at him with an expressionless glance as though they were strangers. He felt like a stranger. I grieved you, you know. She said softly, when I didn't know if I'd ever make it back here, I grieved for the loss of our friendship. I was so sad. But then Sirius would say something funny, and Remus would smile at me, and Jamie would wrap me in a great big hug. I mourned the loss of you years ago, Ronald. Something tells me that it won't hurt as much this time around. Burn! <laughs> dude god i forgot how mean she was also i'm realizing that this is not the chapter i thought it was i don't think so Whew, we good i don't get to cry yeah this time huh this time this time yeah well for a while i was the one who was crying on this podcast so it's about time somebody else does dude i i cannot fucking listen to the episode where sirius runs up to grab harry out of the destroyed house where I like freaking broke down and I said it's because I have a little boy upstairs. Yeah. I can't listen to that episode. I start crying immediately every single time. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. His face paled. Myony, you don't mean leave. Grow up. Don't speak to me again until you do. She said coolly. If you never do, I don't believe I'll find it in me to care very much. I've grown to have a strong distaste for prejudice. But more than that, 
I greatly dislike cowardly Gryffindors who enviously rely on the abilities of their friends and betray and abandon them when it seems fitting. His eyes widened, and he swallowed hard. You don't mean... I'm nothing like... Goodbye, Ron, she said, and then turned to retake her seat at the table, reaching for her notes and wands to get back to the work on Draco's dark mark. Slowly, in shock and shame, Ron turned and made his way back up the stairs, quietly closing the door behind him. I'm not going to thank you for defending me, Draco insisted, after several moments of silence had gone by. I know, she said. I also appreciate you not interrupting me. I'm sure it took a lot of effort not to be an absolute smart arse to him just now. Draco shrugged. It'll be more fun rubbing salt in his wounds later, once he thinks he's gotten over it. Maya shook her head in exasperation. You're really not Granger anymore, are you? He asked curiously. His eyes focused on her face as though he could see through the polyjuice potion if she had taken any. I used to be. A part of me still is. That life is like... like deja vu. A dream I once had, and now I'm seeing bits and pieces of it in real life. Draco bobbed his head, and, with not another word spoken between them, he put his arm back on the table and stiffened as she strapped it down and raised her wand once more. It had taken another hour to make headway with Draco's mark, and she had been too exhausted afterward to meet with Narcissa and cancelled their appointment. Despite emotionally closing her off to Ron, and essentially cutting him out of her personal life until he decided to make changes for the better, she was tired from their encounter. By the time she and Draco left the basement, all the residents of Grimold Place, Ginny and the Lupins included, knew what had transpired between Maya and Ron. Sirius looked enraged, and Remus concerned. Harry simply wrapped his arms around her and hugged her tight like he used to do when they were younger, like his father used to do as well, and suddenly the world was a little brighter. Still, she called it an early day and crawled into bed, bringing a photo album with her so she could look back at old pictures of herself with the young versions of Remus and Sirius. She watched a particular photograph, taken of Lily and James in the Gryffindor common room at the end of their seventh year. James held a Quidditch cup in his hands proudly, kissing it while Lily feigned jealousy over the massive trophy. Maya smiled at the sight and chuckled softly to herself. There was emotion in the photograph, and there, in the back, behind the central couple, she could see herself and Sirius snogging on the staircase that led to the boy's dormitory. Maya had her fingers threaded through Sirius's hair, kissing him with utter abandon, while his hand skimmed its way up the front of her shirt. Meanwhile, James and Lily smiled on for the camera, completely unaware of the lecherous act being committed behind them. Maya narrowed her eyes briefly at the photograph, wondering why this older version of Sirius Black was suddenly so distant from her. The first night she returned, he had been filled with desperate passion, kissing her and rubbing against her, pinning her to the wall with barely a thought of the onlookers behind them. Since then, however, he had pulled away. They kissed, slept in the same bed, and he was never shy about whispering his love and devotion in her ear. But the moment she truly reached for him, aching to touch him and have him touch her, he withdrew. None of it made sense. The series she had lived with 19 years ago could never get enough of her. He was an addict of many things, and she was at the top of his list of vices, just as he was hers. 
She even remembered her life as Hermione, and her first kiss with the older Sirius in the middle of a battle. He had kissed her with a complete lack of restraint, pulling her into his lap and taking control, tasting her mouth and nibbling at her lips while his hands explored her body. So what had changed? Well, a little smuttier than I was expecting, but no blushing. We're good. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. See, if this was season one, Cat would have been blushing like crazy. <laughs> Go suck a nut. We'll make a red woman out of you yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't think that's possible. No, it isn't. No kidding. Although red is your color. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just like how my polygraph is next week and we were talking about because I was like, I've never done this. Like, I'm so scared. Thank God I'm still wearing this mask because my face is going to be like expression. And then somebody was like, yeah, I have no doubt you're going to pass. I'm like, yeah, because I'm the most vanilla person ever. <laughs> yeah, no, polygraphs are no fun. Because um, I remember when I, back in the day, like, when I joined the army, I didn't have to take one, but then I got an internship later on that required one. And um, when I'd been in the army, somebody, we had talked about like the different kinds of polygraphs. There's like the basic one, which is like an hour-ish, hour to 90 minutes. And then there's the lifestyle one that's like an all-day fucking affair. And the lifestyle one is the one where they ask questions like, have you ever fucked animals? And like <laughs> every horrible thing that you can possibly think of. And the thing with polygraphs is... Well, we all when know that Maya Sirius would fail that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Never in their animal form. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, changing that subject. Um, <laughs> the purpose of the polygraph is not to discover crimes you may have committed and arrest you for those it is to determine if there's anything that can be used as blackmail against you yes i know so so it doesn't matter if you've you know had a relationship with your first cousin or smoked a doobie Blah. they just need to know so that nobody can lotion. use it to huh i like this hand it tastes like lotion gross I'd hate the taste of lotion. Why would you say that? No, taste it. I had a very good imagination. Why would you do that? Do not make me laugh as I'm taking a sip. Okay, anyway, the dentist. I better not see you drink the rest of this. <laughs> Fuck you. But no, I was always told, like, the piece of advice I was given was if you're going to take a polygraph and you want to throw it, you either put a rock in your shoe or you pucker your asshole. <laughs> because both of those make it spike. And so you do that when you're telling the truth so that it spikes and that becomes the normal. And then when you're telling a lie, you don't do that thing. And then it spikes because you're telling a lie and it looks the same, right? So... I had nothing to hide. I have been a fairly law-abiding citizen. Um, and so when I went in for my polygraph, you know, they go through all the questions first before you sit in the chair. And then they put you in the chair and walk you through everything. And they do that so that, like, if you have anything to explain, like, hey, I don't know, maybe this is a thing, then you can talk it out there and not while you're strapped into this very uncomfortable device. But I get put on the device 
And again, I'm not planning, I don't have a rock in my shoe. I'm not planning on puckering my asshole. But it turns out you can't do either of those things because there's a sensor under your feet. There's a sensor under your butt. You have a blood pressure cuff on one arm. On your other arm, they have a fucking sensor on your finger to determine how much you're sweating. (laughs) And they also have a strap across your chest to track your heart. It is, oh, and they have something like staring at your eyes to see if your fucking pupils are dilating. It is the most fucking invasive shit I have ever experienced in my life. And I have given birth in front of like five people. So like, I would rather give birth in a room with 10 people than go through another polygraph. Just because it is like, it's, you were never so aware of everything going on in your body as you are when somebody straps you into that thing. Because it's just like, they'll ask you, they're like, do you have any association with terrorism and you're just sitting there going like fuck i don't know i might like i watched a tiktok once on a guy who might have possibly does that account does that count as association with terrorism i'm sorry like yeah it's 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 awful it's just like (laughs) she was like i stole pens from my last job does that count i'm like everybody steals pens that doesn't count dude no i my dad had made an educated guess about something yeah. That he thought happened or he thought that we did to track bad guys. Yeah. And I happened to be in the room where we discussed the things that people do to track bad guys. Yeah. And I went home that night and my dad made that comment again. And I'm like, funny, if I had sat in on a meeting, that sounds like exactly like something that so- somebody would have said. And I winked at him and he just kind of smiled and nodded. And so I like I told the polygrapher that I'm like. So yeah, I I did technically release classified information. Yeah, and he's but yeah, like, she won't tell me where the aliens are. I don't know where the aliens. Yes, are. you do. I know you do. I know I only Area Fifty One track drug traffickers from I, South I America. Don't care. That's it. I don't care. I know you know, Claire. But I swear to God, I'm gonna outlive you. And when you're in that hospital bed dying, you're gonna tell me where the damn aliens are. Possibly. Also, this is my time to do my periodic reminder of if you do not want. The entire world to read something someday, don't fucking type it on the internet. Ever. Not in a private message, not on Twitter, not on Instagram, not in a joking comment. Yeah, like that episode we were watching, you were like, those kids are dumb because they were taking pictures on Facebook with their guns in their hands. Stupid. First of all, why would you take a picture of you smoking weed and you have a weapon when you know you're not supposed to have a weapon at that age? Kids are fucking stupid. Yeah. Fucking Jesus. The internet. Nothing nothing is private on the internet. Uh, no. Especially when you send it to me because I will screenshot it and send it to my friends. Yeah. And she'll <laughs> make an Instagram for it too. Oh my god, I made an Instagram for it. I had his permission. I haven't updated that in forever. But to be fair, we haven't had many funny conversations because we've both been in bad places. So anyway. Anyway, the dead of freaking time. Hey! Anyway, hey kitten. The dead of time. <laughs> hey kitten. Serious smile at her. But <laughs> that's my serious voice. <laughs> now I'm self conscious. I've been doing this voice for three fucking years. Hey kitten. <laughs> He's got a deep voice. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck you. <laughs> hey Claire. I am a bat.
ass mouth badge in that no. order. No. Oh my god. Which of these tubes do you smell through? <laughs> if you guys don't know what the fuck we're talking about, College Humor did an entire series on Batman, and it was oh. just really horrific <laughs> Batman. Oh my fucking stomach hurts. <laughs> Take my fucking earphone out to read this bit so I can get through it without <laughs> somebody ruining it. <laughs> Fuck you. I need to hear it. God damn it. <laughs> I can see him dying. Oh my god. I have to like hide. I can't like. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. We're ending the episode. I can't do it. <laughs> Just read it. I put my thingy over it so you can't see him. Hey, kitten. <laughs> Sirius smiled at her. <laughs> Fuck you. Sirius smiled okay, at her as he walked into their shut. room. Just do it. I took my head No, no, off. it's fine. It's fine. I got it. I got it. Put him back on. Put him back on. <laughs> Sirius smiled at her as he walked into their room, practically jumping onto his side of the bed, where he wrapped his arms around her pillow, his pillow and yawned loudly. What are you looking at? She showed him the picture. It took several moments before he caught sight of the pair of them in the background and barked a laugh. <laughs> you were insatiable. Still am, she said, testing the waters. Sirius stared at her for a long second and then smiled, leaning forward and kissing her briefly on the lips before rolling over. Good night, love, he said, and closed his eyes to fall asleep. She glared at his back. How dare you not fuck The me. way that I would just... My husband in the back of the head, if he pulled that shit, if I was like, I'm hot for it. And he's just like, that's nice. Good night. She definitely, <laughs> she definitely found a hit on with Cruciatus. Like, okay, <laughs> if the response is, mm, unfortunately not tonight, I'm not feeling well, totally understand. But like, my ego is sensitive and delicate. Please don't destroy it. <laughs> I'm sensitive. <laughs> October 5th, 1998 Remus's flu erupted in green flames yeah, and did. an irate Okay <laughs> What? <laughs> that sounds dirty I don't know what that means. Remus's flu erupted in green flames No one knows what it means but it's provocative No it's no, not, it's not. It gets the people killed <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, now I have I I never know what to call that song. I just call it in Paris. In that I works. Just, thank you. That works. I'm just like I don't either that or just say Paris. <laughs> that works. That works. Anyway, Remus's flu erupted in green flames, and an irate Maya Potter stepped into the old Lupin cottage her wild mane of long curls flying behind her as she stormed into his kitchen, where he was reading the Daily Prophet. Maya rolled through the room. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Scary. (laughs) I'm so confused right now. What's happening? I was just like on a shoulder like this. And I looked over and it scared the crap out of me. (laughs) You can feel him. How did he scare you? Because 
You remember in the uh, Young Frankenstein, the guy with the hunchback and he had those big eyes? Because when he gets those big eyes, it's like... What's that song he used to sing? I ain't got yeah. nobody. And nobody can control me. Yeah, there you go. Shouldn't it be Eagle? No, it's Eagle. A great fucking movie. What knockers? Oh, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Put the candle back. I got him back. He took a sip and I made a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Just what knockers? <laughs> Oops. All right. Ooh. Oh God. The oots is definitely a bluey thing, but that's fine. Anyway, <clears throat> Maya rolled through the room, snatching up Remus's mug of tea and tank- taking a drink, then gagging and rushing to the sink to spit it out. Ugh! Now you know why I eat at your place so often, Remus muttered unapologetically. Merlin, I knew you were bad at potions, Remus, but it's tea! She winced and grabbed the nearby kettle, dumping out the contents before refilling it with water to start a new batch. Dora made that, Remus said with a smirk. I don't have the heart to tell her it's crap. Maya smiled slyly. Happy wife, happy life. Remus nodded and touched his index finger to the tip of his nose. So, what's wrong with you this morning? Not that I don't enjoy your company, but I wasn't expecting to see you until later tonight for moonrise. Maya gestured absentmindedly. I'm still planning on that. You went too many years spending the moon alone. I'm determined to never let that happen again. But I needed to talk to someone, and Harry wouldn't understand, and either Ginny or Tonks would just make things worse, I think. What's going on? He asked with concern, folding up the paper and setting it aside. Sirius won't have sex with me. Remus sighed dramatically and picked the paper back up. Sometimes I really hate how you and I can talk about anything with each other. Charles should have instilled boundaries in you to counteract all that open confidence that Doria taught. Maya fell into the chair beside him. I'm serious, Remus. I've been back for two weeks, and he barely touches me. This is a problem. He groaned and put down his paper, pinching the bridge of his nose. Fine, I'll play along. Have you talked about this with him? I've been trying to, but he either changes the subject, ignores me, or shifts into Padfoot and runs out the door. Remus rolled his eyes. That's mature of him. I don't get it, Remus. Is there something wrong with me? Did he change his opinion of me over the years? Was he more in love with with Hermione than he is with me? Does he want her back? Do you think he sees me and sees the age difference? Like, like I'm a child or something? I miss him. What do I need to do? Remus shook his head and sighed, reaching out and patting the top of her head. Maybe when he wakes up you should pour him a cup of coffee and say good morning. Clearly realizing when she was being condescended to, Maya's mouth fell open in shock. Remus sat back in his chair with a smirk. From what I recall from living with the two of you twenty years ago, that's all it took for the sanctity of a kitchen to be defiled. Hmm. Hmm. All right, well, i got to go make a cup of coffee. Bye, guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like my con leche with three sugars. 
Okay. <laughs> no, he did. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleaching the counters in your kitchen the next time I visit. <laughs> anyway. And scene. So, okay, really glad this isn't the chapter I thought it was. Um, <laughs> but, yes, I did forget this was the serious won't have sex with me chapter. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, it is time for us to thank our patrons. We'd like to thank our September Foxes, Muggle Trucker, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain, Tori, Sierra, Camille, Stacy, Kiara, Morgan, Leanne, Sandra, Martina, Shannon, Diana, Jordan, Claire, Nicole, Kayla, Ryland, Amber, Kenny, Sarah, Carissa, Rachel, Widower of a Slitherclaw, April, Kaylin, Audrey, Melissa, Kara, Ryder, Sarah, Cassie, another one for the baby jar, Cauldron Mist, Shauna, Juliana, Samantha, Elias, Crystal, Shona, Dan, Miriam, Brittany, Kendra, Chris, Misha, Sylvia, Jillian, Becky, Crystal, Lisbeth, Frau Holly, Jasmine, and Matthew. Thank you again so much to all of our patrons. Also, we would like to point out that our anniversary is in four. That's right, four days. No, three days. Three days. Day before her birthday. September 19th is our anniversary. Very exciting. Um, yeah. I'm, yes, three years. I, I was going to say something, and then my hamster just got, like, thrown violently off of the wheel, and I don't remember what I was going to say, but that's fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I was kind of porpoising, and then the porpoise just, like, drowned, so uh, <laughs> the porpoise isn't coming back up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> our anniversary is coming up. We will do something exciting, as we always do. We haven't figured out what yet, but we will do something fun. So uh, keep an eye on all of our social medias, especially uh, Facebook and Instagram, where we are the most social, and uh, see what we have lined up to celebrate our third, yes, third anniversary. Wild. Yeah, that's nuts. Mm. All because Cat said, well, if you want me to read it so bad, just read it to me. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I'd just like to state, for the record, because I'm a good friend, I did. <laughs> yes. Every week for three years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. But wild. Absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, we will... See you guys next week for the penultimate episode of the penultimate season for the fire whiskey and or for dead of time. We may come out of retirement to do other stories, but we're going to take a gap month or three because we need it. <laughs> and also because I need to forget all of the voices that I currently have so I can recreate new voices for the follow up stories. So. With next week's very exciting anniversary coming up, we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Whatcha?
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.